Hey, uh, Jack Morrissey, Team Jack, episode 31. We have no title, as usual. We have no title. We have a little agenda this week. Uh, we'll find the title. We're in, here to talk about minorities. Content. About your what? Minorities. You said we had an agenda this week. I went, I went right there. I didn't, it didn't work out, though. So. <laughs> I mean, I thought, it, I thought it worked. If you rolled with it, I would have been happy with that joke. But, but the, the pause kind of made it seem more effort than it was worth. <laughs> It's Cohen. It's Steve Henges, who's become something of a regular by this point. How you doing? Um, our one of our biggest fans, and now one of our most frequentest guests. Yolan is at work answering phones for Bill Condon, and uh, it's Monday. Another beautiful, uh, sunshiny day, and over the Los Angeles basin as ever, and. Um, What's what's newsworthy kind of mostly today is the um, debut online of the new James Bond uh, teaser trailer for Bond 23, formerly titled Skyfall, uh, which will be presumably attached to every print of Men in Black 3, which is releasing later this week worldwide by Sony, who is running the... Um, marketing and distribution for the Braun franchise for MGM. And uh, the teaser trailer for the movie directed by Academy Award winner Sam Mendes for American Beauty uh, went online this morning. I checked it out and I instructed both Steve Henges and Matt Cohen to also watch it before the show, but also not to tell me uh, any of their reactions before the show because what's the, well, what, what would the point of that be? So uh, who wants to go first on the Skyfall teaser trailer? I'll start. Um, I have to preface it by saying I'm not a huge James Bond fan. Okay. Um, I mean, as a kid, I remember Roger Moore, Moonraker. That was what I, when I think of James Bond, that's what I think of. I missed, I had to kind of come back to later in life, the Sean Connery stuff. Um, didn't really care about the Timothy Dalton or even the... Um, uh, it was the Lazenby. Lazenby, no, yeah. the, the, one, the one Lazenby movie. That's right, right, right. Um, but uh, I did like the first one. The uh, what was it? Uh, Casino Royale. Casino Royale. The I first liked, Daniel Craig. Yeah, I like picture. it. He had a, a grittiness that I, I enjoyed. Right. Um, Quantum of Solace bored the hell out of me. Right. Um, so Skyfall. You know, it's there's some. It's a, it's a teaser. It's some right. interesting imagery. I like Sam Mendes as director. Right. Um, but uh, it's I'm not I'm inspired now by this to see the trailer, but not yet the movie. Right, right. Um, it's always fun to see Judy Dench, and from what I understand, that she's more integral to this storyline. Right. Um, so that could be fun. Um, right. Other than that, that's all I got. I'm gonna go super dicky on it. <laughs> okay. uh, I like the Connery flicks. I like the books. I I don't. Which are I, by the way, you're rereading for this half centenary. What is it? Half centenary, half 50, centennial, 50 half years. centennial, yeah, half centennial, half centennial year. You started rereading centennial. all the original Ian Fleming Not novels. Even rereading, reading. Um, I like uh, the Roger Moore Dalton stuff. I mean, it's not my favorite. I've seen it, I think, on like TNT marathons and shit, but I haven't searched it out. Okay. Uh, really liked Goldeneye because right. I was I was of that age, and the video game was fucking. How old are you? Huge, twenty-seven. Okay. So I was like maybe 13 when it got rebooted. Okay. 12, 13. Uh, and then kind of petered out on the franchise. I saw all of the Pierce Brosnan ones, but they were dumb. 
Um, now we get to the new stuff. I actively dislike Casino Royale. Really? Yeah, big time. I hate it. Which is a contrary opinion, right? We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. It's a I, minority opinion. Yeah, most people really dig it. It's um, your earlier joke. So much so that I didn't even see Quantum of Solace. Ever? Ever. And I have zero fucking interest in this one. Why? Because I don't care about this franchise. Why are you rereading all the novels? Because I like... It, this reading. to me isn't I'm James, sorry. Because it, this to me isn't James Bond. Really? It's that Nolan treatment of like, we'll make it dark and gritty and people will want to watch it now. I like like the womanizing fucking dude in like a speedboat with a martini in his hand. You like the <laughs> Sean Connery? Yeah, okay. yeah. It was, or even now, oh, it was kitschy. It was kind of campy, the old James Bonds. Whereas this one, I, I just not, it's not my thing. It, if you didn't put that 007 tag on the end of the new teaser, you could not have told this was a James Bond movie. Okay, and by the way... There's- <laughs> There's barely even the James Bond that score is, at the end. I mean, it just comes in for a bit. That's right. They second. have not used the iconic John Barry uh, Bond theme at all, really. They they sort of hint around it, but I've watched that thing like three or four times. And it, that, that hinting musically is so subtle that yeah. I 99.9% of the audience who watches this, or the viewership who watches this either online or in theaters over this weekend at Men in Black will not hear that. They will not hear it. I thought the dunk dunk. I thought that was going to ramp up into the song. Yeah, but it didn't. Yep. That's what I mean. There was no. I Isn't could, it a little weird that they're not using that musical cue again in a half centennial year? Well, they're also not putting 007 pre-title, which right. I thought was weird. Yeah. Because but it, Cohen, your sentence—that is the sentence. If there was no 007 on this teaser trailer. It could have been a Jason Statham movie. Yeah, it could have been anything. Easily. Is that, do you think, because of the disappointment of Quantum of Solace? Quantum of Solace is considered a disappointment. Um, I don't know whether it's considered a disappointment externally uh, relative to, ex- to expectations, but internally it certainly is. Um, so, yeah, do you think that contrary to celebrating 50 years of James Bond, and there are a number of exhibits happening all across England right now, at this and that British, you know, Royal British Museum of this and that. Um, here in the States, where the cell does originate, because the cell, the cell, so to speak, S-E-L-L, it w- is originating, is being cooked up inside Sony marketing. Um, are, are they shy about the brand? It does make me wonder. It does it make feels me wonder. Um, and but I don't even know what 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 what's your uh, your top top action generic action movie franchise right now? Like, what is what is something they would try to make audiences feel like this is a born thing? Uh, well, don't you think it feels a little born? It feels like a slick born. That's what it looked like when to me. Yeah. The last question there, Skyfall, and then he and Craig just stares, and they they cut to. Uh, who's that actor standing to the right of Judy Dench in the sort of observation Ralph room? Fiennes. Or Ray right. Fiennes. Ray Fiennes turns, it's looks Ray at her. They go yeah. back into the room. Skyfall. Done. It seems like they're switching on somebody who's been sort of deprogrammed, deprogrammed or something. Yeah, no, it right? has the look of it has a, a Bourne feel, but, you know, Bourne's very jumpy and handheld and chaotic yeah. where this seems very fluid and like the imagery's, you know, very Sam Mendes. Yeah, I mean, Sam Mendes tends not to disappoint with his cinematography. I forgot about something. I also actively... Oh, by did, the way, how did, stoned are you? 
not that stone. I'm eating a weed lollipop, <laughs> though, so we'll get there. Um, uh, I really actively dislike Sam Mendes. <laughs> what is that? Uh, American Beauty Road to Perdition Jughead? Jarhead. 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 Whatever the fuck it's called. So yeah, away, away we go in a revolutionary, revolutionary I need, road. I need none yeah, of those. Yeah, Rev Road and away we go. Yeah. I need none of those, man. No? No, I'm good. I have a big... I'm road really down with Road to Perdition. Yeah. To me, that's his masterpiece. I really like the way we go, too. I have not seen that, but Bill Condon loved it. Yeah, I did too. Um, I'm always happy to report movies that Bill Condon loved for the, the percentage of our listenership. Right. Who actually gives a <laughs> shit. Um, and I tend not to report on the ones. Maybe we'll wait a few years to report <laughs> the on the doesn't. ones that he loathes. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so speaking, if it's attached to Men in Black 3, how many people will see this? Will Men in Black 3 take, over, take the number one spot from Avengers or... Jeez, I don't see. I don't know. Does anybody give a? F- I don't think. Yeah, I think it's too. Is f- Men in Black a real franchise? No. I mean, how was many years ever? Has it been? It's Men in Black was two. it ever? It's been like eleven years, I think. Right since the MIB two, something, right. something big like that. Yeah, and Men in Black two wasn't the hit that Men in Black was, was it? No, I don't think so. Critically or box office? So. No. I when I first saw Men in Black, which was at the now demolished AMC Century fourteen multiplex. In Century City, it just felt like it's a. It was a minor summer event. Yeah, so it wasn't even a major event. It was a minor between temples. And by the way, like wasn't it like eighty-seven minutes long or something? <laughs> you know, hey, Super happy short. to entertain you. We're here just for very quickly, right? And then we're going to go <laughs> off stage, and here comes the T Rex. Doesn't the dictator clock in at 83, 83 minutes. Eighty-three minutes. Yeah. Did anybody see it? I did. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, you're you're not the only person of significance in my life to have that opinion. Yeah, to I, my have to, I have to be point. somewhat nice because <laughs> I have some friends who are involved and right. uh, they tried hard. Um, right, and I think he's a very interesting individual. Um, I'm excited to see Steve him. Steve is speaking in code. Yeah, very, very politically now. He's just um, a really, really interesting guy, isn't he, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen? He actually, but I mean... He's just I, so interesting. I do want to see him as Freddie Mercury. I think that's going to be fun. Um, the, the, the million dollar question is, is it going to happen? I think so. You think? He, he, on, he was on Howard Stern t- saying it was going to happen. When? Uh, he's shooting Les Mis right now, so I think I hopefully after that. I don't think this will. I think this will only affect his ability to to lead a comedy because he's been doing great in the ensemble stuff. He was in Hugo and he was in right. fucking uh, that Will Ferrell movie. So I think he can definitely keep doing that those right. cameo kind of things. But doesn't this movie prove he has no audience? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but didn't Bruno kind of prove that too? Yes. Yeah. Doesn't this movie continue the downward trend yeah, of absolutely. sad and unfortunate proof? Well, it's going to be a while. The I peak think, of it was allowed to, to mainline a movie that's not headed by somebody else. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Larry Charles may have directed. This is the question. This is the question around the Freddie Mercury movie, though. Is he is headlining that? Yes, but who's in charge? And is, it's not is, 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 Graham, it, is Graham he King. producing it or is it is he just being cast as the lead and doing what he's told? It's not from his brain, and I think that's the big difference. Yes. People will 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 take him as a lead in a film, but not as a lead in a hit in a vehicle that he wrote and and produced and created and all that. Right, right. Because it doesn't work anymore. Right. I agree. Interesting. But take him as the lead means they're actually going to show up and pay to see. I think so. I think you think so. It's if it's in someone else's, I mean, if it's I in a funny against. movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, the trailers were horrible for Dictator. I don't think it had anything to do with him as, as the lead in it. It looked fucking terrible from day one. 
Yeah, in my opinion, it's just, it's just a bad movie. It's 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 a weak script, very toilet humor kind of jokes, right? Um, and very mean spirited. Yeah, very mean spirited and, and shot kind of like my my girlfriend was like it kind of remind she's just like it reminds me of a student film. It's just very and it's low, like six years rent. six years too late to do like yeah. terrorist jokes and shit like that. Like it's Zohan. Right. Am I wrong on that? Like, no, I, you're right. I mean, they're, they're still like making Osama bin Laden jokes in the dictator. It's not funny. It's like it's he's dead. I mean, it's it's wait, yeah. it just doesn't yeah. work anymore. Huh. Well, what are we pausing fal- for? Falcons just outside. Oh the wow! Fuck the podcast. <laughs> they're gonna kill us. Is that what they <laughs> they're did? They're gonna kill you. Circling for their prey. <laughs> um, um, funnily enough, another trailer came out today that also featured. A uh, psych evalu- evaluation. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> this one was really cool, though. Wasn't a trailer at all, more like a vignette. It was for the new PTA film, The Master. Okay. The and, not the Scientology movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was Joaquin Phoenix uh, being psych evaluated in like an army hospital type thing. Okay. And it looked fucking cool. Really? I watched that three times. So, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, The Master, we don't Paul Thomas people. Anderson's new film. Philip Seymour Hoffman as not L. Ron Hubbard. Right. Yes. Skyfall for Matt Cohen, no. And for Steve Henges, not yet. Right. Yeah. I thought, um, just jumping back to Skyfall, I thought it looked utterly ordinary. Boy. The cinematography was up to the usual, up to Sam Mendes' usual. I was going to say that looked nice. Whoever, tech credits are glossy yeah, or whatever they would say in of, Variety. Of him and Judy Dench in front of like the snow thing. And it looked like yeah. a... And I'm probably about to say this because Daniel Craig's in it, but it reminded me of Girl with Dragon Tattoo a little bit. That's interesting. And, they, and yeah. I like the cinematography. In and that. The, ca- the caskets with the British flag. That was cool. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll need a little more. Yeah. You notice the last shot is uh, the villain, Javier Bardem, in back shadow, there walking yeah. away from a, a burning building. <clears throat> and let me just say, I I know a little more than, and I think this is probably not the first time I've hinted at this, but Greg Yellen and I know a little bit more than we than we should know, and you know about, uh, and that has that. not been released to the intertubes yet, has it? No, and then funnily enough, and this is going to there's be, a reason that they're keeping Bardem. And this in is weird silhouette. talk no. that, that won't make sense to people not in on it, but a picture was released from Bardem that disproved what we know. Oh, really? He's wearing a Bane mask, right? Exactly. <laughs> He's Bane, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's Dr. just, for me, it feels like more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. And I don't know. What other trailers came out? Uh, something else? Uh, no? I feel like there have been a few in the past few weeks. There were like 14... I saw Avengers again this weekend. I think there were like fucking 20 trailers attached. To Where'd you see it? Uh, the Grove again. Uh-huh. Early morning showing. That's the virtue. And by the way, that's the a big reason not to go to LA's beloved Arclight Arc Hollywood. Is if if you really want to roll around in trailers, Arclight has like a strict two, <laughs> two trailers yeah. per feature policy. Fuck that shit. I'm all oh, about the trailers because oh, sometimes, in fact, often it's way more fulfilling in its way number one you're done with the bucket of popcorn by the time the movie starts right. <laughs> whereas the reverse if you go to century city we saw dark shadows and it was like 20 minutes of trailers yeah which i'm all about <laughs> and you and i have always been about yeah i'd rather most a, times i'd see more, more movies in the trailers together. in the, the movie itself which is why 
we we are never late. Right. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, never late. I was gonna, well, I'm not going to miss those fucking trailers. <laughs> I was going to see Dark Shadows with a friend. Uh, I live right by the Grove, like walking distance. It was a, like a 1040 show. They were supposed to be there at 1020. Uh-huh. At 10.30, they called me. They're like, hey, I'm rolling up now. And I was like, nah, fuck it. We're not going. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what do you mean? There's 15 minutes of trailers. We still have a half an hour. I was like, I understand that. I need to be in my seat before the first trailer starts. I'm not paying $17 to miss anything. Fuck. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I've always totally been like true. that, though. Yeah. yeah. And I love, for me, I think if you if you do love movies or if you've ever loved movies or been in love with movies, it's like part of the pleasure of going to movies and the reason why... You know, Netflix instant download, no thanks, Hulu, plus, no thanks, you know, is going to the theater and getting to see those trailers and getting to see those trailers after you've walked in past countless posters, teaser posters, uh, individual character posters, Vinyl banners, standees. standees. Yeah. I mean, pre-internet interactive standees. It, well, yeah, it's, with it's the whole experience. It's the it's the smell. It's someone taking your ticket. You know, walking, yeah. getting the popcorn, and the soda, and then just. But also being exposed just, to lots and lots of other movies yes. yet to come, which you are not going to get laying in your bed, running your remote. I just right. think the whole movie going experience has shifted so much, even in my lifetime. Like the pre-internet, that was a that was how you found out about new movies, unless you subscribed yeah. to a magazine. But if you were a kid, that was how you got you had to excited. go to the theater. You had to go to the lobby. Totally. And B, I remember a time. I mean, I used to go to like three or four movies a week with my dad until I was like seven. Until I moved out, and you, we would drive by a movie theater, and I would have seen every single movie on the marquee, regardless of genre, regardless of anything. Right now, we're so fucking discerning because I know about a movie two years before it's. It comes out if I want yeah, to see it or not. Too much. Back in the day, I would just see a fucking movie because there was nothing yeah. else to do, and yeah. there was a movie out. Yeah, what was the last movie you saw where you knew nothing about it going in? Fucking ten years ago. Yeah. I mean, never. Honestly, I mean, for me, a movie—the last one I saw—I knew just a little something, something, and it doesn't take that long for them to sort of start to show their hand. But Cabin in the Woods, I really didn't know see, that I saw much it too late. about I already that. Knew too much about it. Yeah, but even from the first trailer, I knew. See, I knew I, without any, without knowing any spoilers, I knew what that movie was going to be, and I was right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. We just know too. It, it's seeing a movie sight unseen, or even based on one trailer. That's a, that's such an old thing, I think, or maybe not for normal people. Like, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like someone totally not involved, just a casual moviegoer. Yeah, they 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 see a, a trailer, a commercial person. We're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, I don't know. How's that weed? weed pop or whatever you want to call it oh it takes a lot of kicking so um i got cohen and actually steve you're 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 uh, not unknown to uh the occasional marijuana indulgence isn't that true steve spot up, <laughs> what's a life don't blow his spot up come on it's been it's been years i mean you know i i went to film school in new york city i mean has it been years <laughs> years years um well yeah. here for me it's been days because I got fucking stoned for the first time Did in my really? life on Friday night. What'd you do? Um, didn't really have anything to do. Started to pull the plan together late in the day. This is fairly normal for me. And um, decided I was sort of in a cheat trend with my like diet and exercise regimen. Decided that I wanted to visit my old haunt, which is Palermo's Pizza out in Simi Valley about a mile from the poltergeist house where they shot it, uh, still standing. And for me, the best pizza in L.A. 
something about it. Better than Mulberry? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, So I decided I wanted to go out uh, for pizza at Palermo's and then maybe some ice cream at Cold Stone, which is like, eh, it's a corporate, it's corporate shit. But even Simi Valley, which is kind of, is a real valley, like a real bowl, a little town at the bottom of a bowl. Also surrounded reti- by retired mountains. police officer haven, right? Yeah, it's like Copland yeah. out there, and they tons of meth labs as well. But uh, they don't have any like they don't have any mom and pop ice cream place out there. So if you want ice cream after pizza, you have to make do with Cold Stone. Anyway, I go to pick up uh, my old and dear friends uh, Adam and Eric. Adam has been on this podcast before. Eric is yet to, and. They have THC-infused fudge (laughs) that they bought at one of our fine dispensaries here in Los Angeles. And I took whatever, like, the the, um, recommended dosage was, which is literally probably about the size of my fucking thumbnail. (laughs) Like, very, very little, you know? And then drove the car, <laughs> um, which was no problem at all, honestly, because apparently the thing with this uh, is it's uh, slow to come on you, right? So we went out, we picked up uh, our other friend, Mike Enriquez, and um, then we headed off to see me. And about halfway between Mike's place and see me, I started to have sort of like creative explosions in my head. And then the rest of the drive was all about just making sure that I held all that stuff in my head <laughs> until we got to the restaurant and I could get a, a pad and pen from the waitress and get it all out of my head onto paper, which I did. And about five, ten minutes after I did that, it was all fucking downhill. <laughs> and then I couldn't stop laughing for about an hour and I, uh, I'd taken a picture of Mike and Eric outside the entrance to the place, and I went to post it on Facebook with, I think, a sentence or two saying, oh my God, what is happening here? All in caps. And it took me about 40 minutes to post that. <laughs> I was so fucking gone. My favorite thing about like... Um, and by the way, age 45. My favorite thing about real heavy like fish weekends of uh, going to fish concerts... Uh-huh is reading the tweets I made while tripping on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always just pictures of me staring at stuff with captions of like, please help. <laughs> or, like, or like, send more Skittles. Like, it's insane. It's like getting to see another, yeah. Well, that's, that's the question is the next day when you read this stuff you wrote in five minutes, is it something that... Yeah, there was actually something to it. That's, that's awesome. That's where I fail. Because usually, I, I, back in the day when I smoked, it was like, I would sit down like, this is genius. It's so, like, I'm onto something. And then I read it the next day, I'm like... This is crap. When I first because the next day when once you've sobered up, yeah. your too your sober position is too tough on yourself. Yeah. Man. When I first started getting high, I mean, I built up a fucking tolerance within like a couple of weeks. I'm gonna say no within a few months because I was smoking every day. Right. From like the first time I ever started, but before when I actually used to get high, like you got high. Right. Or where you where you feel out of control almost, or right. You know what I mean. Right. Um, I used to draw. I used to like sit down in my bedroom. I was like 15, 16. I got a piece of paper and a pen, and I would draw, like, the most amazing fucking drawings of all time. Like, I would make castles, and I would do the most intricate detail work on, like, every brick, and I would draw the turrets, and I would do, like, 
blades of grass, and I would sit there for six fucking hours, and I would have a masterpiece, and the entire time I'm going, all right, like, don't get too excited, because this is literally probably the best drawing any human being has ever done. Like, if you just don't fuck up, you're going to be in an art gallery, right. you're going to be a famous artist, like, right. you know that feeling of when you're doing something really good, and you're like, please don't fuck up, because this is special? Yeah, I would finish. I would wake up in the morning. It would be a page of scribbles. Like I would take, I would have, I would have taken the pen and just make doodle doodle. Like, see, that's more my path. Yeah, <laughs> like every fucking turret I imagine was just me taking the pen and drawing a circle over that's and hilarious. over and over again. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, good thing I didn't have a car back then. Um, do you find that when you're around other people who are getting high that everybody responds to it differently and some people it brings out does it bring out the prick in some people yeah big time really yeah. what do you call those people fucking assholes pricks <laughs> yeah i mean they, it just brings out whatever's inside of you to begin with you know what i mean so. that's interesting so it's nice that what it brought out with me was uh, all this laughter yeah right? it's an it's an uh anti-inhibitor let's say so so it just kind of you can't you have a tough time uh guarding yourself from shit you would you typically do so people who are fucking assholes when they why was someone an asshole no. Oh, okay. Not at all. Are you saying Eric was a fucking? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just. Uh, I totally I just, know. I wonder like what that. the variables were. And the other, take the inverse of that too. If you're a real big stoner, I know a lot of people who get become an asshole when they're not stoned. Oh, really? This fucking guy, for instance. You? Yeah, I just. It's, yeah, you become irritable. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Just Are you stoned more than you're not? I, I'm not. Not. Pretty much. If that makes if that makes any yeah. sense. I smoke from the time I wake up to the time I go to right. sleep pretty consistently. Do you always smoke? Yeah. Except for the occasional lollipop, I'll which is in, not, I'll throw in other not shit inhaling burning tar into yeah, your yeah. lungs. No, I'll eat like cake and I'll I smoke I I have my various methods of getting high, but my right. mostly bong hits during the day. Right, right. That's my thing. Well, um, stationary. It's been a while since I've heard anything about this, so how's Kevin Smith's marijuana usage? I have no idea. It's no. Kevin. <laughs> well, he, is he not talking about it? No, he's still smoking pot. Is he? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't Got think, it. I mean, just I don't know if it's ramped up or I don't know his daily intake. Level. Well, that's all I wanted to know. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't sure if, whether he'd given up, given it up for Lent and no one had told him yet oh, that no, Easter I'm, is come and gone. I'm sure you'd hear about that if he ever gave it up. That would be a drastic change of life. So, yeah, I think, yeah. I think he's kind of weed for life at this point. Is he? Hey, it works for him. Yeah, yeah. As Harrison Ford said on the set of Frantic. It's worked for 15 years, Roman. Don't fuck with perfection. That's awesome. Did he or say whatever. that? Wait, because he came to set stone one day and Copeland? No, like on the day one. That's the, the famous Roman Polanski frantic yeah. Is it weird when Roman Polanski's calling you out on your drug addiction? Or? Yeah. And look, well, <laughs> but as Harrison Ford is going off, you know, just stepping away in between every take, not even every setup. It's like every take. And Polanski is like, uh, Harrison, you know. And this is after... This is frantic. So this yeah. is after Star Wars. It's after Empire. This is like may or may not be after 80s, right? Jedi. Yeah, it's yeah. like eighty seven or whatever. It's after it's you know after at least Raiders. the first two Indiana Jones yeah. movies. Yeah, he's a movie and, star. Um, and as you know, uh, for Harrison Ford, it did he his career took off uh, in his thirties. Yeah, I think so. Um, but he'd done American Graffiti and so on. So yeah, Roman Polanski was sort of like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> And said so, and Ford's thing was like, dude, it's worked so far, don't fuck with it, That's you know, amazing. or why fuck with it, so, I don't know. I have to say, so it's had, interesting. Um, experience, though? Yeah, I had a, it, it, I did have a good experience. It would be, and you would have a much, much different experience had you'd smoked it, 
Because that's that's an isolated eating edibles is a real different kind of high than a okay. traditional uh, you know joint kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you had a good time though. Thank you, thank you. I feel like I have to be an ambassador of some <laughs> sorts. It was good, but <laughs> I have to say it's like I'm not necessarily in a rush to do it again. You shouldn't be. I mean, if you have, like, it's, it's an occasional thing. You don't go on roller coasters every fucking day. You know I don't what, I mean? what you don't go on roller coasters every day. It's that same analogy of like I like Six Flags. But you do. I like roller coasters. <laughs> I'm, com- I'm committed to the cause, man. Um, so, okay, thanks to um, the girls on our at uh, team underscore Jack Twitter handle, specifically at Liz Lemon Bennett, I think, and maybe some of the others. I'm not quite sure how many ladies were involved with harvesting these. We actually have listener questions. All right. From some of our... We have listeners? Regulars, <laughs> yeah. Forget the question part. Um, and I do, uh, I do think it's good to... How often do people on podcasts even Not that often. handle I mean, listener it depends. questions? It, every pod's different. Some pods do it every single week. They I like a measure of interactivity with our listenership. Oh, sort of. Let me just get off the, this off the bat right here, though, because yeah. I know we're going to get this a lot. Yeah. Nine and a half inches. All right. <laughs> Is that true? No. Girth. Of course not. Girth. What is it really, though? <laughs> Are we really going there? Well, like good, do you really know? Like a good seven. I don't yeah. know. I know. Of course I know, dude. Really? I measure. Yeah, I'm fucking me. That's so weird, because you're straight. <laughs> I'm not, and I don't know. You know. What are you going to do? You see a lot of them, though, so what does it matter? This, I just have the one. You might be surprised. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Steve, straight. Do you I know no or idea. not know? I have no idea. Yeah, like... Maybe it's a my generation thing. I don't know. I don't know. We grew up with Porky's, where it was yeah, but I grew with Citizen Kane of dick measuring porn. I grew movies. up with cream pies on my iPhone and shit. What the fuck is that? I'm just making porn references. What's a cream okay, pie? I want to know. Do we want to go there? <laughs> Probably not. Do we want to shock the Twy Moms? <laughs> no. By the way, though, I saw a fucking sketch of Gilbert Godfrey reading Fifty Shades of Grey. That fucking thing is graphic. Like You want to read it now, I don't was, you? No, no, no. I was offended by it. <laughs> And I'm Mr. Like, what? Fucking, I swear to God, I was, I got a little bit prudish. I was like, oh my God. I was but, like, Jesus Christ, housewives are reading this shit? Was that because of the, the subject or because Gilbert Godfrey was reading it? The sub- <laughs> I think just the fucking words in general. Like, I didn't what know offended what, you? Not that it offended me. I just didn't know erotica was that right on the fucking nose, as it were. Give me an example. I haven't it read was, it yet. It was like wet pussy and like... Uh, the clitoris talk and like real fucking cl- clinical describing shit shit isn't that good that things are described clinically i thought that I, for some reason i Kinsey thought this would was say so. subtle like the, the ero- i thought like internet erotica the was tender unfolding romantic. of her yes. gentle petals exactly as opposed to like fucking, <laughs> surrender the pink you know yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this was more just like nah there were there were words that described shit i think it said balls i'm not even sure <laughs> If I mean, you think it said balls, <laughs> you took umbrage. That Cream is hilarious, pie, okay. Matt Cohen. Balls too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you going to read it or what? Uh, probably not. Why not? I, I, I'm not. It's not. It's not my thing. Not, How do you know? I'm good. What erotica? Erotica uh, targeted for 50 year old housewives or the world? I mean, but Maybe it's, it's just, a little bigger than that. I don't know. I, I could check it out. I, it's just never been something I've particularly been drawn to before. I see. Um, Put me on the spot there with why I'm not <laughs> reading a bondage book. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are the questions, sir? Okay, listener questions. Our composer, Chris Hogue, might have to 
write a new cue for listener questions if this turns into a regular thing. I'm kind of all about it. I love people who care enough to actually right? tweet a compliment about a podcast or whatever. It's totally. like, I mean, I, I'm down with all of my tweets and followers and whatnot and um, Twihard Nation, but um, I'm not going to lie, if, if there's a, a compliment or a question or some sort of reaction to something that's been said on one of these episodes that's like has a special place plus special place in uh, my uh how are these questions coming in via tweets to team yeah. jack or okay plus it's a content generator which is good because that lollipop's about to kick in meaning, <laughs> meaning we can just read these questions no, i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> all right so the um the first question is it's going to come it's going to go to potentially both of you certainly not me our listener chris morton <clears throat> who is at Chris Morton seventy four wants Yay. to know whether or not we've seen the raid. I have three times, and if so, what did we think? I saw it three times, and that should be enough to tell you what I thought about it. You loved it. I loved it a lot. Is it your favorite movie of the year? No, I don't know what my favorite movie of the year is. That's a good well, question. It's only May. Yeah, um, I really like the raid. I really liked Cabin in the Woods. I really liked right. Avengers. So. Right, right. Who knows? How about a little more on the raid, though, for Chris Morton? Did you see it? I have not seen it. Okay, so, so I, this falls on me. No, it's it is. Uh, people are calling it the best action movie ever made. I don't necessarily think it's that. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it might be the best action movie of the last few years. It's it's pretty fucking incredible. It's huh. just nonstop. If you like, if you just want to see a violent, violent, violent action movie, hyper violence. Yeah, but like hyper to a degree that you rarely ever see. Like once it starts, it doesn't fucking stop. And it's, right. there's like eighty fucking people that get killed. It's really really fun. Wow. Huh. And it's uh, it's a cool story because it's a, it's um a Welsh director directing in Indonesia, I believe. Right. Right. In, in with Indonesian crew and all that. Uh, What's up, global sensibility? There you go. And that dude's getting more work now too. I think. Well, yeah. Gareth, he's getting the it definitely punch through. Yeah. yeah. So that's my um, thought on that, Chris Morton. Our long time, uh, long time listener, Greg Daniels, who is at Shroot One. Can I make a comment about Greg Daniels? Because he's been yeah. following me on Twitter for a while. He's a really nice guy. Uh, he On his profile on Twitter, he makes it very clear. He goes, not that Greg Daniels. And yet his avatar and his name would imply that he is that Greg Daniels because he makes an office reference. So it's a very confusing fucking... Oh, Greg Daniels is a character on The Office? No, he created The actor Office. On he created the American the, version of The Office. He's a, he was a, he was oh. a Beavis and Butthead. He's a Mike Judge guy. And he okay. created the American version of The Office. So this guy's like, look, I am not that Greg Daniels. But here's a picture of Dwight from The Office, and here's a here's, here's name that would lead you to believe I am that Greg Daniels. So maybe if you misinterpret and accidentally follow me, I won't be He's that playing man. around. He's yeah, playing yeah, around I with like that. It. I like it. Um, he wants to know which we'd rather see, so all three of us can answer this, and I'll let you guys go first while I go in and uh, take a leak. Which would we rather see? A presumably, I have to fill in the blanks here. He didn't specify this, but there's only one way that either one of these is ever going to get done. So a presumably Spielberg-produced Jurassic Park 4, JP4, or simply uh, a Spielberg-produced Jurassic Park reboot. Figure out which of the two of you is going first, because I'm going to do number one. You go first on this one, sir. Ah, uh, well, I don't know that a Spielberg reboot would make any sense to me. 
because um, he's already done it. I mean, if you're going to do a reboot, it should be somebody new with a whole different take, in my opinion. See, what I'm, I'm, I haven't seen three that many times. Which is not him. It's Dutch Joe Johnson. Totally. Right. What characters are left at the end of three to even make a sequel out of, though? Mm. Sam, is Sam Neill in it? What well, Sam Neill was in the first two, and then yeah, I'm sorry, he is in the third one. He's not. He's, he wasn't in the second one. He was in the first and third one. That's and they added like Julianne Moore. And she was in the second one. Vince Vaughn in the second one. Okay, so who's in the third one? I think Sam Neill. I could be wrong. Is the only returning cast member from the first two. So to make a sequel with four. Who? What actors would carry through? None. There's. No, I mean, you'd have to in a way start unless you do. So it's a reboot, the, the, no matter what. It's a reboot, no matter what. It's just you continue on with the same storyline. Or, or do you? Okay, I see the. I see. Do or do you reboot it with the origin again and like the whole fucking? Do you remake the? First I think when movie? he when, when people use the word reboot, and I, I'm not. I, that would. I, that's what I assume he's at thinking is like starting over. Oh, from, I don't. Th- I don't think we need that. Right, because we've seen that. We see, we've seen that. We don't especially a, from Spielberg. We don't need a more high tech version of how fucking dinosaurs get born right. and get loose on an island. So I, you know what? I would rather see a four Spielberg produce four. But to tell you the truth, I don't really care either right. way. You know, we might be past dinosaurs. I think so. I mean, I think that what was interesting about the first one was the technology, you totally know, CGI, and like we're seeing something we haven't seen before. Two was. Really, I mean, it was just amped up, but it wasn't. It wasn't as satisfying. I no, didn't think it was. The overall, was it had a couple of good sequences, but as a movie, it was it was not that good. And the, totally. the end was ridiculous when Where's, it came to San Diego. Three was better than two, I think, but not really something I'm I can't raving even about. Remember three? I, and I, I have, I know I have the Jurassic Park like, three. We're is, trying to think uh, of what characters would even follow through to the fourth movie, if there were to be a fourth movie. Are there any Sam Neil besides Sam Neil? Are there any Jeff characters? Goldblum? Goldblum died in the first one. No, 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 no. He didn't. No, he was in two. What? Yeah. Wait. Is he that got he got maimed, but he's uh, he's okay. He's still alive. He's still alive. He was franchise? he was he was the lead in two. I don't remember. Okay. But Julian sure, Moore also in three. I don't think he was in Julian three. Julian Moore could be wrong. is not around. I thought Sam Neil was the only returning. For three, because they go to the the, the couple, the, the uncle and the two the kids. The rich people and they, the they crash kids. the the, the uh, and paraglider. The, and there's baby dinosaurs. The Italianium, Bill Macy. Yes, yes. And so they hire yes. Sam Neill to go Macy. back. Yeah. Yes, to find the kids. That movie yeah. sucks. No, I totally disagree. The three? Yeah. You like three is it? better than two. In some ways, three might be my favorite really? of the three. Wow. Because it's literally pure dinosaurs attack, exclamation point, without any of the boring science of cloning and Mr. DNA and all this kind of shit. I don't I like care that. about So that pretty much answers your que- uh, Greg Daniels' question for you, then, is you'd rather see a four than a reboot, which is I, mostly origin. I would rather see a four because I am a child of franchises, as are we all, and so I would rather see another episode um, in continuity with the existing trilogy, but, the universe of the existing trilogy. But isn't the only thing that keeps the existing trilogy universe alive are the characters in it? And Sam Neill is the through line and the premise. I guess I think so. the dinosaurs are the premise are the thing that is the yeah. through line. And the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs are the characters. Yeah. So in a way, it's like, well, if if you open it up to a reboot, then we're going to have a new T Rex and a new, which means a new T Rex design yeah, yeah. that will not look like the design that was evolved and and locked off by. Spielberg, Stan Winston, and Stan Winston's art, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant artist, Crash McCreary, was one of the great unsung talents of this business. Well, and, you know, Spielberg produced sci-fi stuff has done, has been proven so well with uh, Falling Skies and um, 
uh, Terra Nova. So yeah. <laughs> where could he go wrong? Yeah, exactly. But Falling Skies is back. Yeah. They have a big placement on Sunset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with some, well, did, you, or did you watch Falling Skies first season? I did not. Bad News Bears? It's better than Terra Nova. But, um, which is not back. Which is not back. Right, right. But uh, which was I, also dinosaurs. Yes. Uh, speaking, and this is a real quick sidetrack. Speaking of TV coming back, though, for the first time, I can't even word that sentence right. Revolution looks cool. Does anyone else think so? Revolution. NBC. I don't know the much JJ about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About um, all the power going out in the world. Yeah, and actually, I know a guy who is a, a lead on that show, JD Pardo, who is playing Nahuel in. Um, Twilight Sucker Breaking oh, uh, Dawn Part 2. Sure I just really saw cool. him in Runyon Canyon last weekend. That's they funny. just picked it up. Yeah. I and saw it's off it. to the races. Yeah. That, and there was, they, I saw a couple upfront things. There was another show, like the weirdest fucking sitcom I've ever seen. I don't know the guy's name. He was on Knights of Prosperity, which was like a real short lived, the Mick Jagger show, the Let's Rob Mick Jagger sitcom. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. Got renamed. Okay. Whatever. Um, it's a show about a family that moves into like a condo subdevelopment and they find out all of their neighbors are aliens, but then they like switch to CGI, like little green aliens and shit. It's a weird mm. premise for a network comedy, but it actually looked really fucking funny. Hmm. I I forget know. the name. All right. Weird. Next question. Um, hang Come on. I have to pull it up. We should have this done already. It's my I know. fault. All right. Next question. Um, Christine, who is at Java Bean 911, wants to know Never whether or not we ca- were equipped to dive in on how Rotten Tomatoes uh, Tomatometer scores are produced, um, specifically, you know, freshness, freshness rating. Um, do you guys have a sense of how that goes? I don't think they have a sense of how that fucking goes. No, they actually do it's have a, a it's sense. A compila- I'm just not sure I know. It's a compilation of all the fucking critics, but the thing is, I don't know how they pull... I've read reviews that they've called Rotten that seem fucking fresh to me, so I don't see... And, yeah, well, and vice I can, versa. I can like, certainly tell you. I don't see a, quant- <laughs> I don't see a quantifiable way to, to grade the reviews as Rotten and Fresh unless they give a number scoring system, and then you can go, okay, over half would be fresh and under... The if if it's a scale from one to five, you know what I mean. Three yeah. three stars would be fresh, whereas two would be rotten. But they don't have that, so I don't. It's all tonal, I guess. Uh, here's what I here's what I know, which is probably not as much as I should know. Um, the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes uh, are Rotten Tomatoes staff. We're all located in Northern California. Or no, actually, that's not true. I think they're actually in Beverly Hills now. Go and locate those reviews. They go fetch those top critics' reviews. And I think they make the determination. I think the Rotten Tomatoes editorial staff makes the determination as to how fresh or freshness or rotten, right? On a 1 to 10 scale, that, then they average the numbers together, right? Or it's, it's I have no it's idea. And yeah. you know what? I could probably, through former podcast guest Alonso Giraldi, I could probably get the editor-in-chief of Rotten Tomatoes on this podcast, and it wouldn't be a bad thing to do. That'd be interesting. Um, uh, I've, see, I've seen movies... The non-top like- critics all submit themselves. So if you're a critic from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, you submit to the site your review at your leisure ideally opening weekend, but if it takes you a little longer, it does. 
And I believe those critics as well also um, make their own determination as to fret, as to whether or not their review should be con- considered fresh or right. Rotten. Then do those lesser critics or the non top critics do they have their scores count less than the into the average than the top critics? I don't think so. But I don't know. Again, we should really we should get that guy on here. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's what I know about Rotten Tomatoes. Um, another site, Christine, for you, on a site that uh, a lot of a lot of people here, certainly in the critical community, but a lot of people here in the industry overall look at um, way more than Rotten Tomatoes is Metacritic. M E T A, critic, all one word. Um, and I could, I have no idea how the Metacritic rating system works. I just know that people, people generally prefer it because there, there's a take that, yeah, the, the rotten, rotten versus freshness, um, quality of any particular review. I think there's an overall take that that's a little more open to interpretation than perhaps it should be. Yeah. So people are not generally so comfortable with that. And also, there are a number of outlets who are contributors to Rotten Tomatoes who I think basically people just have no respect for. So it's like, why am I looking at a score that factors in something from, for instance, you know, the unbelievably right-wing, right wing, uh, you know, fundamentalist. Some blogger sitting in review his living thing room. Or, or, yeah, exactly. Or a blogger who's started writing movie reviews when he was 16 years old and now he has a little site and somehow or other he's been able to get himself in as a Rotten Tomato, you know, contributor or whatever. It's just, it's too, um, those tomatoes are too cooked. So. <laughs> Nicely said. Exactly. Um, hey, Cohen. Did you see the thing prequel? I did. All right, then you're out of it. Steve and I are on to the next one. Dan Santillo, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, who is at Tyrantanic, T-Y-R-A-N-T-A-N-I-C, uh, was wondering if we saw the thing prequel that Universal no. released last year. And more importantly to him, at least, the documentary on the making of that film, which is presumably loaded onto the DVD and Blu-ray, and how detailed the making of was. I have certainly not watched any documentary or B-roll or featurettes around the subject of the making of the Thing prequel, which I do understand from my one cursory read of one article in Fangoria magazine just devoted to the making of that prequel. I know they were really very, very, very fetishistic about the sets and costumes getting them absolutely as detailed and authentic, authentically matched to uh, the sets and costumes from John Carpenter's um, version from 1980, summer of 1982. Um, So that it would really function as a true, as a true prequel that you could watch this prequel and then immediately, immediately flow into John Carpenter's movie and design-wise, uh, in terms of the cinematography, it, you would have a a completely seamless kind seamless of seamless experience. 
I thought the movie was terrible. I did too. I mean, I, I haven't seen the documentary. I the only thing the the new version did for me was make me go home immediately and watch John Carpenter's version again. Right, just to go, wash her that's, you know, head how, out. How much better that is? Yeah, it was a terrible movie. Yeah. Um. So fuck you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Um. No, I mean the. I found that the the creature designs were wanting. They were, there was, it, it sort of, they didn't have the simplicity or the elegance of Carpenter's and Rob Botines and Mike Plug's design work from that 1982 movie. And zero tension. I mean, John no Carpenter, tension. love him or hate him, that's what he does so well, is creates yeah. tension. And this movie had no tension. Did you, yeah. guys, did you guys see Predators? I did yes. not. Predator. That was, yes, that was the. Robert Rodriguez Adrian, produced. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brody. The, the, oh, no, they get, they. They wake up falling. And yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Similar uh, take. Which one did you like better? They're both pretty bad. Because that one was pretty fucking bad. But you mean, if I had gunpoint, no if I had to watch one of them again, I would probably watch Predators oh, again. Oh, wow. Is I'm Predators a prequel? No, yeah. It's kind of arbitrary. A side Does it take place in the same period as the Schwarzenegger original? It feels more futuristic. No, or, it feels futuristic because there's we have the ability to fly in space and shit right well that kind of they're just falling yeah i mean it's it's like an other world like in these people it doesn't it doesn't specify if they're all taken from the time same time period either it's like a hunting it's like a hunting movie like they all get right. it's a game it's a giant game for them they all get plucked out of wherever they get plucked out of we're never told they're all bad guys of some degree are all mercenaries and all of a sudden they all and they don't know each other the movie starts with them just falling from the sky basically right. it's a ripoff of, of stone cold's condemned <laughs> which is an amazing film if you haven't seen is that it. true uh no but they're all <laughs> ripoffs of the same sort of lord of the, what's that what was that movie uh the, the most dangerous game most dangerous game most dangerous game yeah, yeah. okay the pest is another one of those in the, in the classic line of uh john leguizamo's film you never saw that one no i did not it's, it's amazing a, some like survival like some like rich old evil guy pays leguizamo like a million dollars if he can survive like a week of being hunted on his estate <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez it's really 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 good isn't that like that other that movie from like 15 16 years ago surviving the game with rutger hauer yeah they're, yeah, all, they're all literally they're all based they're on all some... based on that one short story yeah the, da the dangerous da game dangerous game and it was man the most dangerous game of all was the end of it huh um but the condemned i'm not even joking kind of a decent movie vinnie jones stone cold stupid punching shit huh go see it if you guys um what is what's our take on the Predator franchise in general? Dead, dead. Yeah, I mean they try they tried to reboot it with Predator vs Alien that sucked. AVP, AVP, mean, right? Um, AVP two. There were two two. That's right, I forgot. There was two. That's right. AVP Requiem. And then, there you go. So then, so that didn't work. So let's try Predators. Right. And I don't. You see, the thing is, I. <sighs> But did you? But do you like that franchise? Before I, I weigh in with the my first one, I, I know a lot opinion. of people think the like second two. one is far I like superior. Two better. I never gelled to it. I never. Want, I don't. It's just Danny Glover yeah. fucking nonsense. Um, I think the Adrian Brody movie was more an indictment on recent Rodriguez than the franchise as a whole. Right. Because he didn't. Even, he just slapped it together. Who directed it? Nimrod Attell, I think, or one. One, one of his, of his VFX yeah. fucking guys from Troublemaker. Like, right. It's just, I think the last four Rodriguez movies have just seemed like the most rushed films of all time. Huh. Machete in included, you know what I mean? Yeah. First of all, at where I'm concerned, and I'm sure this will come up again this summer with the impending release. Prometheus. In f just a few weeks now of Prometheus, Ridley Scott's alien prequel. 
There's a, but I had to take my dad to LAX the other day. There is a fucking building wrapped in a uh, Prometheus uh, Fassbender poster thing. Really? Like, like the biggest building billboard I've ever seen in my they life. They need to. They need oh. to wrap a bunch like of buildings and get that awareness up. building. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Good. Even my dad was like, well, oh, yeah, that's that movie we saw the trailer for. And I Good. was like, it's working. Good. Exactly. Because <laughs> he doesn't as know opposed, what alien As is. opposed to, by the way, a number of people who I spoke with this morning after that Skyfall uh, teaser trailer went online, I said, have you seen the, have you seen the teaser for Skyfall? I thought it came out weeks ago. No, no, no. Is that the poster no, 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 no. that came You're out? You're missing the point. No, the poster came out last week and, oh, okay. and is terrible. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody it's cares not, and no one knows. But it's like, what is Skyfall? I was like, wow. Here's a giant thing they're going to err on right here, and you might not be aware of it, but like, um, that title is a little too close to the biggest fucking video game of the last like million fucking years, Skyrim. Skyrim. Which is pure Bronze Age fantasy, right? Totally. But, however, that Skyrim is so ingrained in the public consciousness of at least a certain age range that I think you throw Sky anything in the title right now, and it's just going to confuse people. Right. I think Skyfall sounds way too much like Skyrim. Or, again, Falling Skies, returning for season two to TNT with giant placements here in town. I don't know. Wasn't there a really bad alien invasion movie called Skyline recently? Yes. That was was really really bad. Yeah. That was also done, I think that was done by the directors of AVP Requiem. I think I'm right about that. I think you are, yeah. Here's the one worthwhile thing about the AVP thing. Lance Henriksen playing Bishop, yes. Bishop but like the man Bishop from Utani, Waylon Utani. From Waylon Utani, yeah. yeah okay, cool. so the jumping back to that, AVP, as far as I'm concerned, I have no interest in that. None. None. So if we're going to talk about the Alien franchise... We're only talking about what's soon to be five movies. Alien, Aliens, Alien oh. 3, Alien Resurrection, and Prometheus. coming soon, Prometheus. If we're talking about the Predator franchise, again, I have no interest in AVP. So, yeah, it would be Predator, Predator 2, and potentially Predators or whatever. Here's my line on Predator, and the, this is potentially offensive, so I just want to apologize in advance. In all seriousness, Carl Weathers, if you're listening, <laughs> I want to apologize in advance. These are just my opinions, as as is all the content of every one of these episodes of Team Jack. I tried, and I can't remember whether it, even this starts to feel familiar, like we've gone into this in a previous episode or something. <clears throat> Predator comes out in I think 1987. It's about right. Right. It's John McTiernan's follow up to Die Hard. Right before he makes Medicine Man with Sean Connery, right? Oops. And Hunt for Red October is either before or after Medicine Man. I think Hunt for October is before. Yeah, because I saw that in high school, and then in college I saw Medicine Man. They were Man, like, look so. how good we did on this one, guys. Let's yeah. <laughs> lightning strikes twice. Well, these are the four big features of John McTiernan. It's Die Hard, Predator, Hunt for Rag- Red October, and Medicine Man. Medicine Man, you maybe don't put in the in the same lineup as those three, but it was a big studio movie with a big budget, a big movie star, Sean Connery and a also, big marketing budget. Also a big bomb. It was a bomb. Did he do V for Vendetta? No, no. that's Who's James that McTeague, the Wachowskis, there was a second unit there. director. So for me with predator went to the theater, r- walked out for some reason. It may have been a rowdy audience or something like that. I remember walking out with the aforementioned Adam cook and, uh, Keith Armstrong, our friend who just turned 50, 
And um, then like a week or two later, movies played longer then. And I don't even know that that was necessarily a summer picture. So if if it wasn't in the summer, so-called summer frame, maybe it, you know, it was lazing around the multiplex for a little longer. We had a chance to go back and have another go, walked out again. I think went in a third time, finally saw it. What I what I like about that movie, and I know a lot of people, I think it's got a Jerry Goldsmith score, or is it Alan Silvestri? I think it's Alan Silvestri. But people love that score, right? I don't remember it, but I'm willing to, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. The cinematography, great, in line with Die Hard. Right. You can't fault John McTiernan for his cinematography. I haven't looked at it lately. It all might look a little dated, or it might look great. I don't know. The visual effects of the Predator when he's in hunting mode or stealth mode or whatever the, the specific terminology for it inside that universe is, great. No problem with that. And I feel like that was all done by Industrial Light and Magic, ILM, first rate. But when the Predator shimmers into view, <laughs> and here for the first time we see that which Schwarzenegger has been hunted by for the body of this movie, and he's got fucking dreadlocks. Rust and little, little mandibles around his little mouth. He's got little grippy mandibles that open like the Creeper in the two Jeepers Creepers movies. Serve no discernible purpose. And the, the body, he's like a big brick shithouse, like a professional wrestler wearing nets and maybe like a Tarzan-style loincloth, and he's got little animal skulls on him and whatnot. And then giant feet with, like, clawed toes and maybe even, like, some sort of predatorial sandal on it or whatever. There's an example, and this creature design may also have been developed by Crash McCreary, Stan Winston's go-to illustrator. Um, Somebody will probably tell us on Twitter if that's the case. But as successful as I feel like the T-Rex design in the Jurassic Park franchises with the eyebrow, the the specific design of the eye, the specific design of the curve in the upper jaw that almost makes him look makes the T-Rex look like it's grinning. All of that stuff that is so successful, each of these elements individually is so successful and then they come together and it's the best T-Rex design fucking ever. All right. The Predator design for me. Have you seen Land Before Time? Stop. Okay. <laughs> the predator the predator design for me. And again, here's the potentially offensive thing, but at that moment in 1987, it felt white trash. It's like, wow, this is just like this is just a little like fucking I don't know. If and he- there's Schwarzenegger and yeah, it is Carl Weathers and they they shake each other's hand and then we cut to a close up of their pumping bi- glistening biceps. As they're like shaking hands, it just the whole movie just felt like it was geared toward. There's nothing wrong with like movies that are geared toward like really. I'm like I'm skating skating language in my head right now, but it's like <laughs> let me just put it to you this way: when I used to, when you and I used to have to take the Port Authority Trans Hudson Path trains right. back from Manhattan to Jersey City, or for me Newark, right. 
And sometimes you'd get on those trains or you'd get on the New Jersey transit trains after a wrestling event had just emptied out at Madison Square Garden. And the train cars would be full of wrestling fans. Now, this I cannot abide. <laughs> Come on. But that's Come on. That makes it wrestling big in the 80s. Predator is a very 80s film. It's just very fucking cheesy and kind of but you so you're saying I can't you can't think of any polite even, way to put it even then you felt it was cheesy lower class at it now going it's cheesy i think the predator design it's and it's it's proved to be one of the most enduring design enduring designs in the last 20 fucking years i mean even now sideshow collectibles is still you know at comic-con in two months they'll have more Predator product, including yeah. now Predator concepts, unused concepts that they've taken now to like maquettes, which they'll sell you for about 500 bucks. And I've got, again, it's like, you know, a monster that I might find meaningful, you can be completely indifferent to it and it doesn't, whatever, right? To each his own. But I don't know. Let me just put it to you this way. When you look at the, pre when you look at Predator, which came out of Stan Winston Studios, for the director, John McTiernan, at Fox. So you assume that probably some Fox executives were also weighing in on that. And then you look at Giger's alien design done under the supervision or in the collaboration with the director, Ridley Scott. I'll give you that. Look, putting in, in the, Come on. Two, you know, fa face to face like that. Yeah. Alien, aliens wins every time. Come on. I, I think the other my, thing is like a mess. It's a hodgepodge. I have no great love for the Predator movies. In fact, I don't think I even saw them until I was like fucking 18 or 19. Like right. I, they, I missed them entirely. However, I think the reason I'm a little more forgiving is I never thought of Predator as a monster. And you just hit that word. Like, I never thought of him as a creature because he's a dude with guns and shit. So Shoulder I, cannon. I never compared Which him is cool. to... Cre I, I more saw him like a, a, a Jason or a, a Michael Myers or a Freddy type thing as opposed to a... Uh, a fucking Jaws or a werewolf or, or you know what I mean? A, a traditional... Well, now we're really... I know, but a I could do an hour. A, like a, a traditional monster. I mean, compared to a Giger alien, he's not a mindless beast, even though those aren't. He, he, I, he's a humanoid right. the, a predator. So I, I always, I never really cared. Right. At least that's my take on it. I don't think he's a monster. I don't call that consider predator a monster for some reason. Right. Right. Whereas I would definitely consider aliens monsters. Well, the alien is the alien, right? The xenomorph? Yeah. What's up, Eric Odom? What a, um, I don't know. They'll they'll revive, reboot, sequel. I, I just don't give a fuck. I can't get it up for Predators. I don't know, by the way, I think it'll be a while before you see a Predators reboot because it's oh, totally. It's, I mean, Predators when you see those after. costumes in person, by the way, they're unbelievably impressive because they're like eight fucking feet high. They're so huge yeah. and uh. Our friends at Prop Store of London, Brandon was a guest on a previous episode, have a bunch of them from Predators yeah. and various iterations that they've bought and sold and over the years. And they are incredibly impressive display pieces. But there's just something. I, I just, I don't know. I just I, can't. I mean, you know, you know we're at a point where they're going to reboot every single sci-fi franchise of all time. And I'm just waiting for my favorite one, which would be Mom and Dad Save the World. <laughs> Should we just go ahead and set the countdown and set the... Uh, <laughs> Stop watching. You know right Lovitch now. would be in it too. It's not like he's not fucking 
looking for work and i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) um why did you just tap your thing are we at an hour we're four, sir. In an hour, four. We're, we're in golden time now. Um, we have a few questions. We have a question on screenwriting that's we would like. Uh, we can devote an entire episode to answering this question. We have a question on the th- themes that are being emphasized in Breaking Dawn Part Two, which I feel like I should probably. Like, I would like let to field. That, I would like to field that question for now. Exactly. <laughs> um. There's a question on Jar Jar Binks, which I would refer to as shooting fish in a barrel. We'll come back to that. (laughs) Um, So let's just wrap it up with this question from uh, one of my first uh, followers on Twitter, Debbie Prins. Um, For each of you guys, and it's got to be the first thing that comes to mind, all right? And um, Grilled cheese sandwich. I'm hungry. No, because okay. it's not a movie. <laughs> All right. It should be. All right, so here's the thing. Eric's like a dog. Like a, <laughs> Eric's like an old dog who comes in and then stands in the kitchen facing a wall. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the one thing you have to do. Ready? Once I ask you this question... Marlon! <laughs> Eric, will you see if that's Marlon Wayne's calling? And if it is, can we please... I can hook it up. Let's fucking get him on here. You think you'd be on the show? Telluride film. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's very interesting. Um, you know we're doing a podcast right now, right? <laughs> don't, don't reveal anything, man. Okay, ready? So, you have to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Do not censor yourself. Okay. All right, ready? And I'm the fucker because I know the question (laughs) and I'm not even going to go first. So I will be fully censoring. All right. Debbie wants to know, what is your secret shame? A movie you are ashamed of loving. And she's actually written loving all caps with like six six exclamation points and six question marks. That's easy. You have to fucking love it. Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Eric Odom nods in vigorous agreement and gives a thumb up. I'm not ashamed up. at all about loving Billy Madison. I'm supposed to fucking love Billy Madison. Um, I'm having a tough time with it. Steve, do you want to? It's a movie that the intellectual part of me says I should hate, and and just the proper elements or the, how to make a, a good movie. I should I should hate, but I love it, and I've seen it probably more than any movie. Even ones that are on my top ten list. But You've I, seen it more than any other movie in your life. I've seen Billy Billy Madison probably more than any other movie I, I, over a hundred times. It's easy. definitely in my in my top three of movies I've seen more than any other movie. Yeah. I've probably seen Billy Madison like a couple hundred times because it's a my movie you can watch a hundred times and then laugh just as much as you laugh the first time. It's just so out there. Um, and I'm so not let me even, ask you I'm, this. I'm not even a big stoner, and I find it hysterical because it's just so wrong. I'm not even a big stoner and literally like cut to <laughs> Matt Cohen. Uh, okay, so I, let me ask you this though. If you two straight motherfuckers and actually you three straight motherfuckers because Odom jumped in with a vigorous smile and a thumbs up are all about this movie and the two, two out of the three of you have just gone on record as saying that you've seen this movie probably more than any other movie you've ever seen in your life. Cohen says it's one of 
It's one of his his top three most viewed movies. Eric, you agree with that too? You watch Billy Madison every day for one summer. Steve, just get the microphone halfway over. If I watched that movie literally. By the way, this is Eric Odom's podcast okay, debut. This is my debut. What's up? Sorry, it's a great start. <laughs> <laughs> Every day for a whole summer when I was like 12. You know, I didn't have, I was too young to have a job yet, you know. Right. I wouldn't go outside. So I just literally <laughs> stayed in and watched this movie like every day. It's amazing. It holds up over and over and over and over and over again. All right, but let me ask, okay, so let me ask you guys, all, all three of you guys, why no sequel? Don't they get it? There is no. What could it? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Does he Happy die of cancer Gilmore at the end? Kind of a I mean, sequel. It's not. It's you know the the name of his company is Happy Madison, which is the two names of two of his you know first early films that are his classics. Um, but I don't know that I think you know love or hate Adam Sandler. You know I think Grown Ups Two, the one he's doing right now, is his first sequel, co-starring Taylor Lautner. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Because um, I before that I don't think he's, he's. Yeah, I don't think he's done a sequel yeah. yet. Huh. Well, it feels to me like when you're sweeping the Razzie Awards, and let me just say, thank <laughs> God. Um, when you're sweeping the, uh, the Razzie Awards with Jack and Jill, and then the one before that also felt like it was soft. He's had the last couple of bins. I mean, Grown Ups was, his biggest, like was his biggest hit financially, or box office. Yeah. Um, but Don't you want to maybe start thinking about the expression? I don't know whether the expression just in arts and culture is going back to the well or whether that's just a movie business expression but don't you want to start thinking about going back to the well a little bit it's too old i wouldn't yeah, I don't, fucking buy it you no, he's trying to go back to the well a little bit with this andy samberg uh movie that's my boy or, that's my son yeah but which it looks but terrible it looks terrible because he's fucking talking like a baby and he's like he's a 45 year old fucking yeah. man yeah. like yeah. i would have been excited for that movie had he talked like a normal human being in it Right. And just relied on his comedy. He's going right. full retard now. He talks like this. Like no one's Who? fucking father. For me or for... A lot of people calling. Oh, that's Greg Yolen calling in. I should totally walk the mic over there and just put him on air. <laughs> um, so yours is Billy Madison. It is. He's like... Okay. I think I've mentioned this on another podcast, but uh, Moulin Rouge I'll go with. Really? Yeah. I've I've seen that movie a shitload of times. I I I will proudly say I know the Elephant Love Medley by heart, and I don't fucking like musicals. Like I I don't flat out don't like musicals. Pretty wow. much, I like maybe five musicals in the history. Dreamgirls, Chicago. I do like Chicago <laughs> a lot. I've never seen Dreamgirls. You would like it. Uh, I really really like Chicago. Not even fronting on that. Um, okay. South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, Avenue Q, and Popeye. And Papa, oh, like an Altman's best, <laughs> right? Um, but no, I dig Moulin Rouge. It's not like I, I don't even like Romeo and Juliet that much. So I'm not a Baz. I really Lerman like guy. a lot of Ro- Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. I really I love a lot but, of that. But uh, pure magic. I just dig the sensibility of Moulin Rouge. I think I've seen it a shitload Moulin of times. Rouge. Really, I like the f- about about the first five minutes, and then for me, I'm I'm. Uh, no, I dig it. So that's yeah. my that's my guilty secret. Or whatever. Huh. I'm trying to think. I'm usually not too ashamed. Like, Death of Smoochie is in my top fucking 10 films ever made. So I'm really not, I don't have many guilty pleasures. Most of yeah. my pleasures are fucking guilty. Huh. Shit. Huh. Um, I just, I just uh, disassembled the bathroom of guilty pleasures, which is my, the bathroom off my home office, which had posters hanging, frame posters hanging for like embarrassing 
shit from the 70s and 80s that I love that's not really even, most of it isn't that embarrassing. It's all got a fandom to it. There's no like really, really bad movie that I love because even, even if, I, if I love it, I feel like there's something in there. Right. Fuck you, you know? Um, some movies in that, or some frame movie posters which have since gone out the front door and been gifted to other like-minded individuals are the 1977 Universal movie, The Car, starring James Brolin about a car that Satan drives. You never see the driver. It's a hybrid of Steven Spielberg's TV movie Duel and then Jaws, both made by Universal. Um, Randall Kleiser's Grandview USA. Jamie Lee Curtis, C. Thomas Howell, Patrick Swayze. I fucking love that love movie. That movie yeah. Love it. That was post-Red Dawn, right? That was the same summer as Red Dawn. Okay. Yeah, I want to get Randall Kleiser and C. Thomas Howell up here to talk about these movies. That would be good. If C. Thomas Howell is here, the only thing we're discussing is Soul Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna maybe stick with Grandview USA or Nightwing, the vampire bat movie from the late 70s directed by Arthur Hiller. I love that movie, but I don't feel like it's terrible, you know? Yeah. Everybody else does. I don't know. Whatever. It's for me it's like this movie. I have I have a large DVD collection. People always come over and they're all alphabetized. People start looking at it and they get to like Billy Madison and they're like, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why that one pops to mind, um, but I don't know that You know the good question that we should ask on a f- on a future episode. Maybe even like lead next. If you come back and guest, you you can have a uh, double header or whatever. You can come back on our next one, which we'll probably do this weekend, and we'll lead with what's like with the inverse question: What's a movie that's got? As sometimes we say in this household, you know, a, a terminal case of the worthies. <laughs> what's a very very important, critically lauded? You know, mul- multiple nominations and multiple wins, culturally significant, um, zeitgeisty movie that everybody loves and that everybody, uh, cover magazine covers all tell you, you should love it too. You should get the fucking line. And I hate it. And love that movie and you fucking hate that I movie. have three right off the top. I've got the- like fucking 80. I could, do a, I could do a weekly podcast. I swear to God, I could do a weekly podcast just based on that. On right. movies that are, I've been told that are important that I see and I'm like, fuck everyone on the planet. Right. <laughs> should we tease people? Or no, let's just, let's just save it for next week. Yeah, I think we should. We should save it for the next episode. Right, good shit. Steve, you're on Twitter. I never tweet. I, I'm on what's Twitter. The point? But, uh, what's the point? <laughs> Cam at Camel Toad. I always tweet. Matt Cohen, our producer, and you have to hand the mic over. Eric Odom for his uh, Team Jack podcast debut. Better late than never. And fucking uh, finally, better late than never. On Twitter, Eric Odom at Eric Odom. E R I K O D O M. You can also. How about your uh, Facebook fan page and Facebook fan page? Eric Odom, same spelling. Look for his headshot, the headshot that's also at up. Is that your default headshot at IMDb? That is the same, yeah. Yeah. Eric Odom as Peter the Nomad in the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. What's up? November 2012. Exactly. Just one week after the Skyfall opened, after the Sky Falls. Did you guys talk about that teaser trailer? Fucking grind it up. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. That's good. I'm I'm not a huge James Bond guy. Right. Does it look special to you? I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I thought it looked pretty good. There we are.
Well, that's a good answer for you because you're an actor too. Yeah, episode. Right? <laughs> I love everything. <laughs> Give me a job. What's up? You're great. Do we, have, do we have a title? Episode thirty-one. Um, what are we going with? Viewer, viewer questions or listener questions? You should questions? have seen the look of loathing Jack just shot. You fucking suggested that. Um, Episode 31, mailbag. M-A-L-E. Hey, <laughs> All right. <laughs> um... Episode episode thirty one. Here's the the best that I can come up with. Uh, actually, I'm going to throw it out. Ready? Sky fell, falling skies, or if we come at it sideways, chicken little. Chicken little. Chicken little. That's what I figured. <laughs> there we are. And here comes our uh, team Jack closing credit music, which uh, this week for the first time will be played in its entirety. Uh, by Christopher Hogue at ChristopherHogue.com. Out. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.